1: what's up everybody welcome to the friday edition of the fantasy q a show it's me your man mg marcus grant joined by michael f florio and over there it's the specialist give yourself a round of applause Hard-working, dedicated folks who help us put on this show each and every day, each and every week. We are glad to be here as always. And uh, week 11 is off to a rousing start. The Titans go into Green Bay. They get a win. And I
2: don't know, Christian Watson, apparently, we'll talk about him in just a little bit, but apparently he's the greatest man alive now. As someone who used a ton of fab to get him, and then as someone who advocated starting him, I I, w- I very much so enjoyed last night. Not only that, you not, not only did you advocate
1: to the people out there starting him, you actually advocated to some of the higher ups to like the management Ooh, in here. I,
2: I got a call from one of our producers yesterday, and he was just like, "Who should I start?" And I answered, and then I was like, "Why did you call me for that?" Like he texted, <laughs> he was like, "Oh, it wasn't for me. It was for one of the high." I was like, "Whoa, that's a lot of pressure now." So so Florio gets to keep his job because he suggested.
1: To management that they should start christian watson so he gets to hang around for a little bit more of course you know how this show works it is dedicated to answering your questions you can send them to us on Twitter, while Twitter still exists, at NFL Fantasy, we will answer as many of them as we can here. The rest of them we send off to our pal Aaron Tan because he doesn't like zucchini. So, uh, <laughs>
3: th-
1: our actually, our, our new question, our new poll question should be, what will happen first? Twitter's demise or Aaron eats a green vegetable? That one is up for debate. We're going to find that out probably <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. My money's on Twitter going down first. I think Twitter goes down before Aaron <laughs> actually eats a green vegetable. I think that's a runaway run- winner at that point. In the meantime, you got Q's, we got A's, LFG, let's start with last night in Green Bay. The Titans, a 27-17 winner over the Green Bay Packers. Ryan Tannehill got you 19 fantasy points with a couple of touchdown tosses. Derrick Henry, a huge night. Ran for a score, threw for a score, over 25 fantasy points there. Traylon Burks. I was sort of skeptical about it, but had a really good night. Over 100 yards receiving, 18 fantasy points for him. On the other side, Aaron Rodgers put up another good fantasy game, 19 points there. Aaron Jones got you 14. Christian Watson, we talked about. The big night, a couple of touchdown passes there. So let's talk, though, more about Christian Watson. Because until a couple of weeks ago, the lasting memory of him had been dropping that deep pass from Aaron Rodgers in week one. Things have come around now, and maybe it's just uh, acclimating to the game. Maybe it's getting used to his quarterback. But Christian Watson looks like, if not a league winner, at least a guy that's going to certainly propel you to the playoffs at this point.
2: Yeah, like I lost Cooper Cup in a league. I spent a ton of fab to get Christian Watson off the waiver wire this week. And I'm like, all right, cool. I don't have a Cooper Cup, but I have another receiver that I can trust each week. I think Uh, Christian Watson last night. He played the second most snaps of all of their receivers. Uh, he was on the field for all their two wide receiver sets. 16% target share. would like to see that number go up a little bit. 162 air yards equating for over 30% of their air yards. He had a team high while, uh, rating while targeted. And I keep saying he's going to be the Wisconsin Gabe Davis. I'm not saying they're similar talents because everyone was like they're different kind of players. I mean for fantasy purposes. Like he might not have the safest floor each week. But the upside is so high that I think you just start this guy moving forward. And that was a question I got a lot of in the last couple of days. is you know, Alan Lazard
1: versus Christian Watson. Some people have both asking which they should start. And I said, look, Lazard's the guy with the safer week-to-week floor. But Watson is the guy with the higher ceiling. And I think we sort of saw that play out last night where you had Lazard get you, I think, 10, 11 fantasy points. It was steady. It was consistent. It wasn't splashy. But then you have Watson, who didn't have a ton of yards, but the two touchdowns put him over 20 points. And so I think that is probably how it's going to play out for the Packers for the rest of the season. On the other side, I know Derrick Henry did not have a great game last week. We were all sort of on record saying, I wouldn't worry about that. He's going to bounce back. And so he did that. You see that he leads the NFL in rushing attempts and rushing yards this season. He did it on the ground. No surprise there. He also threw a touchdown pass, and I I tweeted that, You know, while it's fun and it looks cool and you did the little jump pass thing, for a lot of people, you actually lost a couple of points on that. (laughs) If he actually just runs it in from three or four yards out, you get six points. Instead, he throws it. You only get four points out of that, to which I got a lot of you know fantasy hipsters in my mentions being like, "That's why I play in six point passing touchdown leagues."
2: Cool, man. Not everybody does for that. For This for the one touchdown pass a year right? that Derrick Henry
1: throws. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are we doing? Great, congrats. <laughs> but yeah, for most people, it's still a lot of four touchdown, four point touchdown passing touchdown I'll get it right anyway the point being Derrick Henry is really good if he has a bad game don't freak out because he's going to bounce back because that's what Derrick Henry does he is one of the preeminent running backs in the NFL enough of that time to get to some of your fantasy questions that you did send us on the Twitter machine which as of now is still operational Richard Chavez wants to know who should I trade for Lamb or who should I trade for Lamb or Jefferson? I need a comma in there, there, Richard, to, like so I can read this properly.
3: <laughs>
2: who should he trade for CD Lamb or Justin Jefferson? My answer might sound like a cop out here, but it's my answer always to questions like these: whichever one you can get cheaper. And, and what I would advocate doing is, I don't know if they're on the same manager's team or if it's two different managers. Whatever the case, say, hey. What would you want for C D Lamb? What would you want for Justin Jefferson? Have two different discussions there. Weigh your two options. And if one of them, the chances are he's gonna want more for Justin Jefferson, I'd imagine. But either way, just whichever one you could get for a little bit less, that's the way I would go. I, I'm gonna say you
1: trade for you try to trade for Justin Jefferson. And if that doesn't work, then C. D. Lamb is a nice fallback. Yeah. It's sort of like sort of like our pal Hytham Kalani, who was asking what he should. Buy his wife for her birthday. Should he get Taylor Swift tickets or should he get jewelry? Now it's impossible to get Taylor Swift tickets, so he's going to fall back on jewelry. So look at CD. Look at CD Lamb is jewelry. <laughs> Justin Jefferson is Taylor Swift tickets. So I think that's the guy you go after. If it doesn't happen, you got a really nice fallback to go to there. Yep, there it is. Good luck there, Richard. I hope his wife wasn't listening. I really hope so. (laughs) Kayla, you didn't hear any of that, okay? Uh, James Masterson wants to know, Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson? This is not the first time I have seen this question this week. It
2: it feels crazy to say, but I'm going to go with Justin Fields here. Justin Fields is a great matchup against the Atlanta Falcons, who not only allows a ton of production to quarterbacks, they allow a ton of production on the ground as well. Look, Lamar is is matchup-proof. The Panthers are a very good matchup for him as well. The difference is the, Pan, uh, the Ravens right now, they're really thin. Like, there's no Rashad Bateman anymore. Mark Andrews is a legit up in the air. Deshaun Jackson, who was a thing for all of one week, is up in the air. Gus Edwards is banged up. I, I would just ride the hot hand with Justin Fields. I think
1: that's the reason I would go with Justin Fields as well. He is the hot hand right now. And I think even when everything is right, both these teams are remarkably similar in that they want to run the football. They've got running backs that are sort of mid at best. They've got, you know, look, Mark Andrews is definitely better than Cole Komet, but the wide receivers kind of leave something to be desired. But both these quarterbacks are mobile. They are decent passers. So there's a lot of similarity. But right now, Justin Fields just seems to be playing better football. and maybe has a little bit more weapon, uh, weaponry to work with than Lamar Jackson does. Next one from Josh, trade away Cooper Cup for Damian Pierce. What should the value be on Cup's injury?
2: Yes to that trade. I would do that in in a heartbeat. And look, I have a PSA coming out about the trade deadline later today where I basically say, like, if you're a team that's comfortably in the playoffs, go out and get, like, a banged up player or something like that for a discount. But I'm thinking more of like the Jamar Chase route than the Cooper Cup route. Cause we might not legitimately might not see Cooper Cup again this season. He's out for at least the next four games. The Rams are not in contention this year, which means why are they going to force back their their hall of I was like they're all pro wide receiver. They're gonna they're gonna treat him with kids' gloves. And right now if you're a team though that's fighting for a playoff spot and you have Cooper Cup, I think you have to shop him and take any sort of nice return that you can get because again we just might not see him again this season I'm also presuming this is maybe a keeper league or something like that that's
1: that's all I can think because I don't know anybody who's going to give you Damian Pierce somebody on that level for Cooper Cup but if that's out there and like and you're talking about just sort of a one-year situation absolutely do it because Damian Pierce has been a true workhorse there in Houston he's been arguably the only piece we can count on week to week in the Texans offense so if that's what you're looking at especially if you need running back help I would absolutely make that move but also don't be surprised if the person comes back to you and says hold up wait a minute I was not of sound mind I was not of sound mind when I put that out there and I don't want any part of that so strike while the iron's hot and maybe you feel a little bit of guilt about it later but you know you can wash that away with like some ice cream or something you'll be fine Let's talk about some players that deserve a little bit more hype for the weekend. So who you got, Florio?
2: Darius Slayton, I think, is a sleeper that a lot more people should should look to pick up, especially if you're in need of a wide receiver. Maybe you lost Cooper Cup and you didn't get Christian Watson, and you're like, what do I do? Pick up Darius Slayton. He's been averaging over 12 fantasy points per game in his last five games. He leads the Giants receivers in snaps over the last two months. The Lions allow a bunch of production to uh, pass catchers and and quarterbacks, but even if this is a game where the Lions want to re- uh, the Giants want to rely more on Saquon Barkley, Darius Slayton is such a big play threat that even on limited volume he could have a nice game. Also,
1: I just don't know who else they throw the ball to there. Yeah, I
2: mean, Wandale Robinson is dealing with a hamstring issue. Kenny
1: Galladay is on the side of a milk carton. I have no idea what's going on there. <laughs> There's just really no one else to throw the football to. So even with even if they're not throwing it a lot, it's got to go somewhere. I like Darius Slayton a lot as a sleeper this week. I also like the Saints defense a lot as a sleeper and this has nothing to do or at least very little to do with the actual Saints defense because they haven't been particularly good. This has everything to do with the Rams offense because they have been very bad. And now they've lost their main playmaker in Cooper Cup. So I'm curious how they spread the football around. Allen Robinson really hasn't done much of anything. Maybe he sees more work. Tyler Higby, I think it gets easy to take him away. The Rams can't run the football. Their, their offensive line is bad. They're turning the ball over a ton. This feels like a game where the saints are an easy streaming option, even if they have not been the best defense all season long time to get back to some more of your questions. Of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter at NFL fantasy. This one comes to us from Mark who wants to know the Eagles D
2: or the Washington D this week. Eagles all day, every day. Like I I would play, I, I think you start the Eagles every week moving forward. Uh, I I spent a bunch of fab to get them in in a few leagues earlier this season because their end-of-season schedule is really strong. And I know the Commanders had a good game last week. They get the Texans. But the Eagles get the Colts, who rival the Rams for the best uh, matchup for an opposing defense. They give up a bunch of sacks, turnovers. And I just think... The Eagles defense, they have a lot of playmakers there. Like I, I I, think, again, you just start them the rest of the year. I think they're, they're a rest-of-schedule
1: defense as well. This is a great matchup. And even though Matt Ryan looked decent last week, that was the Raiders. This is not the <laughs> Raiders. And he's been turning the ball over. As you mentioned, they've been giving up a lot of sacks. So I think the Eagles are an easy and- call for this
2: one. They just added Sue yesterday Yeah, they just added
1: Dominick and Sue. They added Linval Joseph. I mean, I know there's some older players but they are loading up on that defensive line and Jordan Davis is going to be back too. So it's going to be impossible to run on this group very soon. Ashley wants to know, should I drop Brandon Cooks for Kadarius Tony or Donovan Peoples-Jones full PPR? Thanks. Injuries have been a killer. You are not alone in that one, Ashley. Injuries have been a killer for everybody. I also love how people keep sending you Kadarius Tony questions like they think you're going to say something bad about him.
2: I was going to say, do I even <laughs> need to speak right here because yes, Kadarius Tony. Like, it, it's Kadarius Tony week. Uh, he no Juju, it's looking like no Mecole It's looking like Kadarius Tony after getting you know a lot more work last week. This seems to me, Marcus, like the week that they're not gonna have a choice, like, they're gonna have to let him just go. I 100% agree with that. They're
1: gonna give him a lot of targets, get him the ball out in space, and They're going to need him because with the Chargers getting healthy offensively, that means they have the ability to score a lot of points, which means the Chiefs are going to have to score a lot of points to stay in that game on Sunday night. So I think this is very much a Kadarius Tony answer. And look, even with the Browns potentially getting a quarterback upgrade in the next couple of weeks, I would still rather have Tony over Donovan Peoples Jones at this point. Next one from soup Brian Robinson versus the worst defense in the Texans or James Connor against the 49ers. This is for a flex spot. This is kind of an interesting question here, I think.
2: Yeah. And I know I was the guy the other day that was like, I, I keep valuing James Connor. Like yeah, I have all year long, but yeah, I'm going to go with Brian Robinson in this one. Uh, it's just about the matchup. The The Texans, like you said in the tweet, they've allowed so much production to running backs. And last week, When the Commanders had a lead, they just rode Brian Robinson, 26 carries, and he's the bully in that backfield. I think the Commanders will be playing with a a lead in this game against the Texans, and I expect a lot of Brian Robinson. But that being said, Marcus, I don't really think there's a wrong answer here. I I don't
1: either. I I don't love James Conner this week just because the matchup isn't particularly a good one. But I will say I think what gives him some value is the fact that he's kind of the guy right now you know they, they let go of Daryl williams they let go of Eno benjamin i'm sure there's somebody out there on twitter who will try to make a case for Keontae ingram because it, look if there's a living breathing nfl player there's somebody out there who will probably stand for him but i think this is going to be connor's backfield so even if the matchup isn't good volume could sort of win the day but I do think there's a path for Brian Robinson to be successful. As you mentioned, the matchup for him is very good. They are going to use him a lot if that game stays close. So I think I think there's a, a call there. So basically, Soup, we didn't help you at all because we basically said that either one is a good play. So in that case, flip a coin, or you know, pick the guy whose uniform you likes better. I don't know, <laughs> something like that, and hopefully,
2: hopefully you end up. You're gonna with be watching. The- I mean, James Conner does play on Monday. I I don't know if you do this. I will legit sometimes. If like I'm really torn on two of these players, I'll mm-hmm. be like, well, this guy's a standalone game that I know I'm gonna be watching the entire mm-hmm. time on Monday night. I'll right? feel like I have a chance the whole week. Sometimes I, I know that doesn't really matter, but it's a tiebreaker for me.
1: Also, I'm wondering now that I'm like, now that we're sitting here overthinking things, does it matter that he's going to be playing at altitude there in Mexico City? You, you know, they tend to be, to be higher
2: scoring games there, though. I, I don't know. I we're no not idea. helping you at We're not all helping right you even, <laughs> even a
1: little bit. But we do appreciate that you sent us this question, Soup. So flip a coin and then hopefully <laughs> it ends up being the right one. Use a magic eight ball. I don't know. Pick names out of a hat. Hopefully this kind of works out for you.
0: Let us know how this goes, though, after it's all said and done.
1: Let us peer into our future binoculars and see what's going to happen on Monday night down in Mexico City. By the way, if you have not had a chance, go check out the fantasy football show from Wednesday where we had a chance to talk to Mauricio Gutierrez from NFL Fantasy in Espanol. He's going to be down in Mexico City checking out the Cardinals and the 49ers. I guess the 49ers and the Cardinals. I think the Niners are technically the visitors in that game. But we had a great conversation with Mauricio. He uh, he compared Christian McCaffrey to like Tacos al Pastor, Yeah. Which is amazing. (laughs) So uh, if you haven't had a chance, go check out that conversation because it was a whole lot of fun. But let's talk about that game on the field. Breaking it down side by side, if you're going to look at a 49ers player from this one, who would it be? I like Jimmy
2: G in in this one because... One, Jimmy G is a safe floor quarterback. He's not really a high ceiling kind of guy, but he you can rely on him to get you around 15 fantasy points most weeks. But I think this is a game where we could see the ceiling. Not only have the Cardinals really struggled allowing uh, the six most fantasy points to quarterbacks over the last month, they allow the most yak In the league, so this is a a 49ers offense that we know is built on Yak. They're going to ask Jimmy G to get rid of the ball quickly to Ayuk, to Debo, to Kittle, to Christian McCaffrey, and if those guys have open space in front of them, like many receivers have against the Cardinals, I think Jimmy G could actually have a pretty big fantasy week, and especially given the quarterback landscape with some good options on bye this week. Stream Jimmy G. I always love Bucky Brooks' analogy of quarterbacks being trucks
1: versus trailers, and Jimmy is sort of a trailer. He's not the truck that's going to necessarily pull you to victory, but he's got guys around him that can sort of do that. Like, if you need 12 or 13 points, Jimmy will get you 15. If you need, like, 25 points, Jimmy will get you 15. (laughs) You talk about guys who are yak monsters, which is why I like George Kittle in this one. I said it before, right? There are things you can always count on in life. Death, taxes, the sun rising in the east, and the Cardinals being bad against tight ends. So now you've got a talented player in a very good matchup. You talk about yards after the catch. That is what Kittle does extremely well. And if Arizona can't generate a pass rush, that means he doesn't have to be a de facto sixth lineman for this offense. So I do think Kittle is in for a really big game against the Cardinals down there in Mexico. On the other side, uh, The Cardinals, they're they're starting to get guys healthy. I know Marquise Brown is eligible to come back, but I don't think we're going to see him this week. They do have Nuke Hopkins back, but there's another wide receiver that you have your eye on there.
2: Yeah, Rondell Moore, I think, has just become someone that, for the time being, we could just keep starting each week. He has at least eight targets in four of his last five games. He's topped... 14.9 14.9 or more fantasy points in three straight games. So that's a very safe floor. He's showing more upside. Uh, and I was worried about more like when they got fully healthy, but then they get Mar- they get a D hop back. They lose Marquise Brown. Now they're starting to get Marquise Brown back. They lose Zach Ertz. Like there's just targets up for grab there in Arizona, especially if Marquise Brown sits this week. And especially if uh, the Niners can get some pressure on Colt McCoy, that's when you're going to see a bunch of quick throws to Rondell Moore. I think that's very, very true. And it is funny. They just can't get everybody
1: healthy all at the same time in this offense. That's the reason I want to at least – alert you to the existence of Trey McBride and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you need to plug him in your lineup this week but chances are he's going to be available on your waiver wire and this is the guy who was the first tight end selected in the draft this past year he's a guy that athletically a lot of the scouts like obviously the Cardinals like him but I think he's worth picking up in the sense of I just want to see what he can do. And we are really shorthanded at tight ends in fantasy across the landscape there. So at least add him to your roster if you have the space. See what happens this week. Granted, it may not be the best matchup, but just sort of see how he's used. Because I I think for a recent example, you can just go back to Greg Dulcich a few weeks ago who comes off the injured reserve and immediately gets a nice role in the Denver offense. Maybe it's not exactly that same way for Trey McBride, but I think it's worth the swing at this point in the season. So let's get back to some more of your questions that you sent us on the interwebs. Speaking of tight ends, Jared asks, in all caps, how do I replace Dallas Goddard? First of all, you don't need to shout. We can can hear you perfectly fine.
2: Second, how does he replace Dallas Goddard? (laughs) uh I, you're not gonna like this but there there really is no direct replacing dallas goddard off the waiver wire unless i think david and is out there then go pick him up he's available in uh just under half of nfl.com leagues he was flirting with top five uh, tight end before he got injured he's going to get a quarterback upgrade but if he's already rostered uh, Cole Komet's now highly rostered I think like Greg Dolchik, like you just mentioned he's an option Kate Otten who's on bye, is an option Jawan Johnson like it again you're not going to find maybe David Njoku's the only one but you're not going to find a Dallas Goddard on the waiver wire but there, there are streaming options right now there are streaming options but you are just going to have to piecemeal it together for the rest of the season there's not going to be
1: just one easy answer it, it stinks, right? I mean, we came into the season really with five or six guys that we could count on on a regular basis. We've lost Ertz, we've lost Goddard for at least a month, so that number has shrunk already. I am proud of the fact that we, we really didn't buy into the whole, hey, tight end is deep this year, because I think we knew better, so... Anyway, I know it stinks. She I wish Alex I knew Carter.
2: better that it, was, it wasn't it more than too
1: deep, though, yeah, because then true. I would have avoided Kyle it's, Pitts. It's as shallow as it has ever been. Yeah, that's one. I uh, I tried to put that out of my mind. <laughs> Jackson wants to know, need one for my bench? Skoronic, Van Jefferson, or Nico Collins? Which one of these guys should he—I'm guessing he's trying to add one to the waiver wire for depth. Which one should it be? This comes down to
2: Van versus Nico Collins for yeah. me, and— I expected originally to say Collins, but I'm going to say Van Jefferson just because Matthew Stafford's back. They don't really seem to love Allen Robinson like he was the fourth name they said yesterday (laughs) when they were talking about how to replace Cooper Cup. There's just more volume there up for grabs. But those two are so similar to me. I should
1: say Van Jefferson because I was a self-proclaimed Van stan last year, but I think I'm going to go Nico Collins. And maybe this is recency bias because he played well, but he had a touchdown last week, I think. So maybe maybe it's just recency bias. Also throw in the fact that Brandon Cook seems disgruntled and you know was recently tweeting cryptic things out there. So maybe that means more opportunity for Collins. I'm also going to just be honest and tell you that this is really a, an awful dilemma that you have, Jackson, <laughs> and I feel bad for you. So there you go. Carlito's way, 07. I don't think things ended well for Carlito, if I remember. So um Godspeed. Uh, who would you rather start, Isaiah Pacheco or Jarek McKinnon? Ooh, we got a Chiefs-on-Chiefs Chiefs violence here. <laughs> who would you rather start out of that duo?
2: So typically, I, I think I'd rather Jarek McKinnon because just last week alone, he had the same number of points on catches alone as Pacheco had all game. But this week in this matchup and how much the Chargers struggle against the run, up the middle, out wide, it doesn't matter. I think I would go with Pacheco there.
1: Yeah, I guess the question is, is this is this a long-term thing or is it just this week? Because this week I think it probably is Pacheco, but I do like McKinnon just because he's the guy who catches passes. I think the the disparity in targets right now is it's 33 for McKinnon versus three for Pacheco. So he has really no involvement in the passing game, which is disconcerting on a team that throws the football a lot. They also like McKinnon because of his uh, pass protection abilities, which is important when you have maybe the franchise quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. So I think McKinnon has more of a long term outlook. But Pacheco is probably the guy you want this week.
2: It's still weird to see a player who can't catch any of the passes wearing number ten for Kansas. City. It is weird,
1: right? I think I think it's like a psychop, right? That they, you know, they put a guy out there wearing number ten. He's kind of smallish. They're like, so defenses like, hey, Tyreek's back. Once no. a game, they should have him line up wide just
2: to see if they can just, fool people,
1: just to freak people out. Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> when did he come back? I I can't believe it. So, uh, good luck, Carlito. Hopefully, you make the right choice this week. Time to take another listen to the Fantasy Hotline. We appreciate you guys jumping in and calling and leaving your questions here. And we have one about a trade. So uh, let's take a listen and figure out if this is going to work out. What's up, Fantasy Hotline?
3: Got some drama in the league this week, or I guess a couple weeks ago. sent a trade for Austin Eckler. Other team would receive Justin Fields,
2: Patriots D, and Jamal Williams. Trade got vetoed. Uh, wondering if it's an unfair trade or not. League says it is. You know, there's some other details, but yeah, let me know what you think, guys.
1: Okay, so Austin Eckler for was it Justin Fields, the Patriots, the and Jamal Williams. It got vetoed. Your thoughts on
2: that? No veto. No veto. Like, I, I, I get it. I'd rather have Austin Eckler, but. Fields has been the best quarterback for the last six weeks, and like it, it hasn't even been close to the the last couple of weeks. Patriots defense is—I mean, they're a defense, but they're they're one of the better ones. Yeah. Jamal Williams has been like a reliable RB2 this year. Again, I'd rather have the Eckler side, but I don't think this is a vetoable. So. I, I don't think this
1: is vastly unfair. I'm with you. I, th- I would rather have Austin Eckler. He's easily the best player in that deal, but— I don't think this is dramatically unfair. Generally don't veto trades. I mean, unless it is like unless you're talking about, hey, I gave away Austin Eckler and I got the Patriots defense. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> I was gonna actually go where I was gonna say, you know, Baker Mayfield or something like that. You know, like you know that then I'm like, okay, something something fishy is going on at that point. But this was not so dramatically one sided that it's worth it. And just in general, just don't veto trades. Like don't don't be that person. So uh this trade I would have Totally allowed this to go through. It's absolutely fine. The other part of stuff like this is that you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, not not that we're wishing bad, but you know, injuries happen. So you know, if if something were to happen to Austin Eckler, then suddenly maybe this trade doesn't look so
2: one-sided or you know, whatever. Yeah. You just
1: you just never really know.
2: DeAndre Swift could get shut down at a moment's notice, and yeah. then Jamal Williams is suddenly more valuable again. Like I, again, we'd rather Eckler, but this is a trade that you just gotta you gotta let people make their own decisions and live with the decisions that they make. Right. And sometimes people have. To make their own mistakes, it just happens, right? So, just this is a really
1: long way of saying don't veto trades. Don't Vito, veto trade. vetoes usually are like, I'm jealous that you got that that's, trade and I did not That's didn't. exactly that's what that veto that's is. That's exactly vetoes are basically fantasy hater that's what they are. <laughs> don't be that person. If you have questions though, and you want us to try to adjudicate them here on the show, you can always call the fantasy hotline 805 NFL. QA61. Hey, they put the number in here for me to read it this time. 805 635 7261. I think they were tired of me saying I don't know what the numbers are right here. So now you know what the numbers are. 805 635 7261. Look forward to hearing from you. It's got a you. ring to it. It does, right? It's like 805 635 7261. I'm going to write jingles on my off time. That's what I'm going to do now. Speaking of off time, we should probably go away now before I get completely delirious. We appreciate you hanging out with us. By the way, you know the deal by now. You subscribe to one of these shows, you get all five of them in your podcast feed. We also have the Sunday show, uh, NFL Game Day Kickoff, which starts at noon Eastern every single Sunday and takes you right up until kickoff. So that'll do it for this edition of the Q&A show. He's Mike. I'm Marcus. Those are the specialists. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Enjoy week 11, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week.